You said your sister-in-law killed a man and a woman here and cut them up? You said they found hands and feet, but they never found any heads. Hi, everybody. Hi. So we weren't going to do a podcast, but now we are doing a podcast. It's kind of relevant to what's going on right now. Uh, I feel like we're both kind of tired just because these are draining times and being super bummed out. I feel like um, robs you of your energy. I know it has mine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I know a lot of people aren't putting podcasts out and that's, I mean, that's, I get it. That's cool. Um, I think to each their own, I get the wanting to be quiet thing. So other voices can be heard, but I mean, if, uh, you're not doing anything else, you know, if you've looked at your Instagram for three hours and you'd like to go somewhere else for an hour or so, mm-hmm. uh, this will be there. Well, I felt like this was important that if we were going to do any case... And it's relevant. It's relevant. And, and the thing is, is that um, the issue that's going on here, it's obviously far beyond police brutality. And, and that's what it starts as. That's a, a section of it. But And that's why this tell, it, it doesn't have anything to do with police brutality, but it does have something to do with uh, privilege is a white person. And I felt like that this is um, this is almost closer in example to the Amy Cooper situation. Did you hear about her? Nope. She was um, in y- uh, Central Park, Karen. She was the white woman in, in Central Park like last Monday. I think it, it was right before um, George Floyd was killed. So it was, it was, a, it was brought up and then I, I believe he was um, killed like maybe the next day, but either way. Uh, she was in Central Park walking her dog in an area that you're supp- it's required to have him on a leash. She is didn't there, have a dog on the leash. I'm sorry. Is there a video of this? Yes. She, there's sure a video that. of her saying to a black man who all he said was, you need to leash your dog. He, she said, quote, I'm going to call the cops. Quote, I'm going to tell them that an African-American is, man is threatening my life. Yeah. I uh, definitely saw a video of that. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know um yeah i didn't know what it was from what I, it, I, I just saw memorial a memorial yeah random video yeah so that's what happened she um she told the cops that she was being threatened or called 911 yeah. she was being threatened um and he filmed the whole thing and the point is is that it's very clear that um she knowingly made that comment n- with the thought in mind of the cops will believe me and they won't believe you. It's also weird when you're getting filmed, you know you're lying, but you'll you'll double yeah. down on yeah, it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Where he's like, I, oh, I, didn't, I didn't threaten you. Mm-hmm. He's threatening me. It's like, but you know, like you look at yourself in the mirror mm-hmm. and you, you know you're lying. Yeah. Like, you are a liar. You're lying about the thing that's happening in front of you right now. Why, what in your dumb fucking brain is making you continue to lie about it. Yeah, exactly. What are you doing? Exactly. It, it doesn't, it, it's, it's, in, and it's a sense of she f- sees that 
no matter what, it doesn't matter if you have the proof and you have the facts and you have the video evidence proving that she was in the wrong. She feels she was in the right because she is a white woman. For sure. So this story kind of touches on that. And I, you and I have had conversations and I've, you know, I've had conversations with other girls about this is that I don't, in, in a similar situation, I don't feel that catcalling is a big deal. I'm not trying to <clears throat> stamp out your freedom of speech, of hollering at me. It's the interaction I don't want. Yeah, the uh, driving by and yelling. Yeah. But the stopping, creeping, and questioning. Exactly. It's like a totally different thing. Exactly. The, hey, I like your tats. I like your tats. I like your tats. Hey, I like your tats. Like, I don't need... That's what. That's when the... It gets too much. But if you're just, yeah, if you're just riding past and you yell, that's fine. But in thinking about this and in what's going on in life and, and, and what's happening, I thought about how I have the privilege as a white woman to make that decision because I know that if I'm threatened and someone's around or I call the cops, more than likely they will be on my side. And so it's like... It's just a powerful thought when you think about that, where it's just, I can make the decision that I'm okay with people catcalling as long as you don't interact with me. But if you interact with me, I'm fairly certain that I will be taken care of. But is that the same situation that a black woman would have? And probably not. not. Probably. Absolutely not. not. Exactly. So it's just, it's just something like that where you, it, as simple as I never thought about that and I've made that comment and I've had this argument with women not thinking about the fact of how hard is it in your set of shoes? And it's just, you know, this whole situation is just making us all think about like, why, why do you feel like you are safer than, than me? And it's because I'm white. And that's where I wanted to bring this up. And so this story kind of caters around that. So again, I think it's just completely relevant. It's something we need to talk about. It happened a long time ago and it, it affected history deeply. And it's crazy that this story happened when it did. And there's still, this still can come up today in 2020. So that's kind of why I felt like it was better for us to talk about something than not put a podcast out. Uh, yeah, and shout out to all the people at the rally protest yeah. yesterday downtown. Yeah, the Harrisonburg one. It was it was it was beautiful. Oh, and uh, the most beautiful thing was the girl getting her friend to take a picture of her holding her sign in front of everyone because you got to get yours. Yep. You got to let people know you were there. Definitely. You got to look super cute with your pink sign, mm-hmm. and you got to fit in. Yeah. Because that's what it's all about. Yep. Yeah. Getting some likes. Yeah. Yeah. But um. But yeah, we had a we had a silent walk through town, march through town, and uh, there was only one dipshit that beeped at the. Crowd. Oh yeah, and it was directly beside me. Oh yeah. With this massive group of people going walking, this dopey ass lady pulls up in a minivan, wanting to to go, but there's hundreds of people. And that's why there's zero other traffic on the road right now, which I feel like you would have noticed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and just starts honking. I was right beside her. Almost gave her the finger. Ah, oh, would have been. Almost gave her a thumbs down. Yeah. Thumbs down would have been probably more hurtful for her. Um, knee jerk was the finger. Mm-hmm. 
but you know before we left they were like don't interact with these people just be silent and i just i don't know i don't know i mean super wanted to give her the finger yeah and not even look at her just keep walking by yeah but uh i didn't yeah i didn't do it i feel like that pisses them off more if yeah you, like if if zero people would have paid attention and mm-hmm. just completely ignored her she'd be so furious like so furious definitely the homeless guy was pissed that nobody uh cared about his um yelling suck my dick oh well that's a bummer yeah we all should have zoned in on that that's that's important information <laughs> yeah yeah definitely so yeah uh i think that that was probably the best thing to do is ignore her even though i would have absolutely given her the finger yeah yeah i'm sure people did worse than give her the finger oh yeah there were definitely people already barking at her well it looked like from because i was behind you as few uh like a uh, 30 seconds back and it looked like um it looked like people were moving towards her oh there were plenty of people two guys uh either in front of me or behind me like once we got a couple feet past you're like so should we like tip her car over or (laughs) (laughs) i mean i guess i'll help (laughs) there's so many people there you literally could tip someone's car over were the cops there anyway they were were right there anyway in that area no oh okay because they were over there by the time i got up there i don't know because we stopped either way I guess we stopped when she called. Yeah. yeah. But um, that was a dumb bitch. Yeah. So there's dumb that. She was like, bitch. of course, in her 50s, mm-hmm. fat as fuck, mm-hmm. in her minivan. Probably just crossing through so downtown too. So mad yeah. that her life was interrupted for three minutes and she wasn't able to do exactly what she wanted to be doing mm-hmm. at that very moment. I'm so, so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we apologize that the so light was sorry. green, but you could not go. How did these hundreds of people not feel for you in your life at mm-hmm. that moment? Mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. the nerve. We did. Um, the walk did. Uh, the march did go past the the jail because our whole downtown is courthouses and the um, jail. And it was you could hear the inmates. I don't know if they l- allowed them like out or if they can see what kind of what the thing is, but you could hear them like banging from inside. So that was uh, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anywho. Anywho. Uh, we're going to talk about Emmett Till. Have you ever heard of his name? Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. No. All right. He was born in Chicago, Illinois, in 1941. His parents were Mamie and Lewis. Um, I don't know. Mamie, Mammy, M-A-M-I-E. I should have looked it up. Probably Mammy. Mammy. She was originally from the Delta area of Mississippi, but she had moved as part of the Great Migration that had started in 1916, which is when all pretty much... Um, a massive movement of black families out of the South to escape violence, lack of opportunity and unequal, unequal treatment from the white population. And she separated from Lewis when Emmett was one. So she moved from the South to Chicago with Emmett and they moved in with her mother. So Lewis was from Missouri. He had been an amateur boxer as a youth at the age of 17. He had met, um, we say mammy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they began dating, though her parents disapproved of the relationship. Why? He was too too sophisticated and charming for him, for her. What? Hold on. I think they thought that he would break her heart. He was too good for her. No, 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 no. Too sophisticated and charismatic. I think that what they thought, I think AKA that means 
he's uh, gonna cheat on you. Okay. Probably, probably a flirt. It's just a. They're just trying to put it in a better way. I, I don't know. It seemed like they just did not approve of the relationship. But either way, within a year of meeting each other, they were married in October of 1940 at the age of 18. So very quickly. Um, he immediately started cheating on her. And really? Yeah. He later physically abused her, including choking her unconscious. Hold on. I'm sorry. This just clicked. What year did you say they got married? They got married in 1940. I thought he was born in... The- he was oh, born no, in 1941. This is the, this is the dad. This is the dad. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got mixed up for a second. Go no, ahead. No, no, no. Sorry. I guess I only mentioned him and then went into the parents' relationship. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. Sorry. So his parents... M- got married the year before he was born. So he's born when they were both 19 and his dad immediately starts cheating on his mom, then starts physically abusing her. At one point he choked her unconscious. And after she woke up after that incident, she threw boiling water on him. Damn. Yeah. She eventually got a restraining order against him and he violated it. And eventually the courts gave her, gave him two options. You go to jail or you enlist in the army. So he chose the army and he was sent to world war two to serve in the Italian campaign, which was the um, move, it was it was the movement for about two years. So they had this campaign going for about two years before the German armies finally surrendered in the nineteen forty in nineteen forty five. So in May nineteen forty five, German armies surrender. Um, around that time ish, Lewis is arrested with another soldier, this guy named Fred McMurray, for the murder of an Italian woman and and rapes of two other women. What? Yeah. There's not much information on this. It's one of those things that there's a lot of redacted information in the U.S. filing Mm -hmm. of it. So basically, a short investigation um, happens. They're both court-martialed, found guilty, and sentenced to death by hanging. Damn. So Emmett's father is sentenced to death in 1945. Um, Emmett is four mm-hmm. at this time. So a few weeks before Emmett's fourth birthday, Lewis and Fred are hung. Damn. Hanged. Yeah, I, I never got that, but I think, think it's hanged. Hanged which is, is... Which is weird. Because you, you hung up something, but they physically hanged them i don't i don't know I, i'm hey, not an english person you, you know you know what happened. you know what i mean um so circumstances of the death were not revealed um to mammy at the time she was just told that his death was due to quote willful misconduct um and all attempts to learn anything about this were blocked by the united states army so it would take another 10 years before she even knew the circumstances that i gave you Damn. So um, he dies and she doesn't really know why, or he's put to death and she doesn't really know why. And it takes 10 years to find out that he quote unquote murdered and raped two other women. Murdered one woman, raped two others. Allegedly. Uh, well, they found him guilty. Yeah. But we don't know what the evidence is. Okay. <laughs> so at the age of six, Emmett contracts polio. We talked about this before. We did? Um, yeah, it's an infectious disease that causes muscle weakening, and eventually it may cause inability to move. Most of the time it lasts a few hours to some days. Sometimes it can cause um, permanent damage. It's usually spread from person to person through fecal matter, um, how, how through the mouth. Bread? You're eating someone's shit? I don't know if it's that or you, it's like you don't wash your hands and... You got fecal matter. I don't, I don't Eating know. dirty asses. Either way, it's completely preventable now with a vaccination. However, at the time, it 
was not there was no vaccination. It was not preventable. And Emmett got it and he it had a lasting effect on him. It gave him a persistent stutter. Really? Yeah. So in 1951, um, Mamie and Mammy and Emmett moved to Detroit, Michigan, where she meets and marries a man named Pink Bradley. Who's, oh, pardon me. His, His name is Pink. It was in quotations, but I never saw the first name, <laughs> the actual first name. So Pink is his name. Sweet. Yeah. Um, Emmett didn't like Detroit. He preferred Chicago. So he returned. He asked to return back to his grandmother's house. And so he moved back to Chicago. And then eventually within a year, um, Mammy and Pink move. And this does not work out for Pink. He does not like Chicago. He, the, Hold on. The relationship's he not really... He didn't like Detroit. He wanted to go back no, to no, Chicago. No, no, no. Emmett didn't like Detroit. He went back to Chicago. The... Pink is from Detroit. Got it. Uh, they moved to Detroit and then... She met him. Okay. Okay. So either way, they all end up back into Chicago by uh, 1952. And within that year, the marriage is over. D- dissolved. Pink and her are done. It just, it's just clear that they're not going to work out. He doesn't like Chicago. She doesn't like Detroit. Probably more other issues. Either way. She begins working as a civil clerk for the U.S. Armed Forces. Or, excuse me, Air Force. Um, she, it was a, a really good paying job, but they lived in Chicago's South side. She was, uh, always, um, Mamie always excelled academically. She also excelled professionally. She was one of those people that took, uh, she would take a, um, you know, an entry job and within six months she'd be moving into a more permanent, more, um, seniority position. When she was in high school, she was the fourth black student to graduate from a predominantly white high school and the first black student to make the A honor roll at that school. Emmett was a happy boy. He had great friends. He liked to pull pranks on them. They played a lot. They love playing pranks on each other. Um, he spent most of his free time playing pickup baseball with, with just the kids in, in the area. Um, Emmett was good to his mother. She worked very long hours. He would help with chores around the house. Um, but he was an easily distracted boy, and he wasn't really good with knowing limitations. So he, he was a little impulsive, and he also... Um, he would just kind of like, he, he would kind of push limits a little bit. So once um, at, at some point Pinky returned to Chicago, he started threatening uh, Mammy. But they're and, divorced. Yeah, but he, he I, I don't know why he was threatening Why her. is he even contacting her? I don't know. Um, Emmett is 11 years old by this point, And when he hears the commotion, he walks into the room with a butcher knife and tells Pink that if he doesn't leave, he'll kill him. So, you know, it's like an 11-year-old boy. Like, that's that's a very strong statement from an 11-year-old boy. For sure. And maybe something he wouldn't always be able to back up. So it's just like, you know, again, the limitations there. Emmett loved fashion. He enjoyed being the center of tension, which he often was with his friends. By 1955, he was 14 years old. He weighed about 150 pounds. He was 5 foot 4 inches tall. That summer, his uncle um, visited the family and told Emmett all kinds of story about the Mississippi Delta, which is, quote, is known as, quote, the most southern place on earth. Word. Um, at the time, Mississippi was the poorest state in the U.S., and the Delta counties are were the poorest in Mississippi. So the poor, the poor, the poor. That's where the blues <clears throat> comes from. Yeah. 
in the, yeah, definitely. In the area, the average income for white households was $690, which was over 10000 equal to now. And the black income was 462 which was about 6000 So you have quite a bit of a deficit um, in pay here. And the um, economical opportunities in the areas for blacks were basically non-existent, even though they were the majority population in the area. So they couldn't even find jobs, support their families um, with what's available, even though they are the majority population. So um, <clears throat> they mainly had to work with white plantation owners, joining them as, quote, sharecroppers in order to have land to live on in some form of income. Um, but they basically had no voting opportunities thanks to the Jim Crow laws that have been set up and the ordinance passed for racial segregation. So it was just hard enough to even get them to because they didn't even have a place where they could go vote. They're like, oh, well, you can't go vote with the white people, but we didn't figure out how you were going to vote. So too bad. I guess you can't vote. Jesus. So his uncle, who was nicknamed, went by the nickname Preacher, as he was a preacher, he was also a sharecropper, and he lived in Money, Mississippi, which is a small town, um, at least at the time. It had a school, a post office, and a cotton gin, and a few hundred residents. Very tiny area. Though rare for 1950s, Mississippi had a, pep a hugely peppered history with uh, lynching. They had more than 500 black men being killed in the state alone between 1876 and 1930. And though it was rare, this was still occurring as, as late as 1955 when Emmett finally decided to make a visit to Mississippi. So the South pro, um, publicly prohibited interracial relationships. And they even... Um, she, they said that even the suggestion of sexual contact from a black man to a white woman would carry severe punishment. What about vice versa? Uh, that would just never happen. Why? Why would a white woman be attracted to a black man, Daniel? No, I'm saying vice versa from what you just said. You were talking about a black man and a white woman. Oh, you're saying a white man and a black uh, black woman. Yeah. Um. I think that's perfectly acceptable because at this time women still didn't matter very much, especially hmm. black women. Cause okay. they're again, they're not only, you know, they're not only the second tier race or whatever the fuck you think, but you're also the second tier sex. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, either way, basically if a black man even looked at a white woman that could, could create a very severe punishment for him. Um, there was a resurgence of the Jim Crow bullshit following World War II uh, because black veterans were returning home from fighting and they were demanding equal rights because they just went and fought for your fucking country. Obviously. Yeah. Which you, their country. Yeah, their yeah. country. Yeah. But you weren't allowing them to represent their country except in war and losing their lives. Well, you need, yeah, you need them for the human shield so the war doesn't come to your back porch. But, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you don't want them to have any rights or anything. None at all. This is making a lot of sense. Yeah. So the year before Emmett's visit, this United States Supreme Court um, ruled the Brown versus Board of Education, which ended segregation in public school. They ruled it unconstitutional. But many whites believe that this would lead to... <laughs> this is so fucked. So they believe that if you, you desegregated the schools, that that would lead to interracial relationships. And God forbid, they may get married. And we just can't have that. 
So they simply ignored the ruling and some places took very drastic measures to not go with the federal government, like Prince Edward County, Virginia, which chose to just shut down all public schools completely and simply not educate their children from 1959 to like 1964. Yeah, because we'll buy by the rules unless it's something that we don't want to and then we don't. Mm-hmm. No, 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 I don't like that. Yeah, so no, I don't fuck with that. So from 1959 to 1964 in Prince Edward County, Virginia, children in this county were either forced to go outside of the county or even state for education, pay for a private one, yeah, it's like you or just not go to school. Even, you won't let your children become educated. You're you're of punishing your children because of your beliefs. Because the the state isn't being racist enough yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. So um, there was there was one. Uh, I was just reading this article, and this guy named um, uh, Carl Eggleton. Eggleton. He was about to enter third grade when this happened, and he was the the product of a, a divorce couple. And because they had two houses, and they couldn't afford to send him to a private school or a school in a different area, he um, in third grade just stopped going to school. And he was like, I probably would have been on track to get an education and go to college. But by the time I got back to school, I was two years behind. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's like when shit's important, too. That's the yes. age where it's like, oh, I'm learning things that I'll use my whole life. Super important. Until and you get to about middle school and it's like, ah. I don't think I'm going to use half of this shit. I mean, they even say that the the summer months, I mean, that's what the argument is for year-round school, is that the summer months, the kids that cannot afford to read or have access to the internet or anything, they fall behind. Yeah. And that it's harder for them. Like the coronavirus, they were saying that there's going to be a lot of kids that just can't go back to school because by the time they get back to school, they're going to have to repeat the year. A lot of people don't have internet. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like I... Well, why don't you have internet for 2020? I don't live where I can get it. Or we don't have the fucking money to pay for that. I'm like hanging on by a thread. Yeah. That's why I can't stand it when people change their, oh, you have to pay online Mm -hmm. or you have to do this thing online. You can only do it online. What what happened to good old fashioned me just showing up mm-hmm. to the thing and handing you money? Yeah, I mean, my company's not, making that policy change now, and I don't like it. Has a fucking computer? Mm-mm. Quit acting like the whole world is on the same playing field. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking just crazy. because ninety percent of the world has it, or the country has it. I guess Come I should on, say, keep up, whoever. keep up. I know you can barely afford groceries, but yeah. get a fucking computer. Exactly. Get that thing hooked up. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you're not going to allow um, internet as a utility. Exactly. All right. We're getting off. Go yeah, ahead. Exactly. But I mean, these are the points is that, that, that this county decided that instead of helping the children and families and, and, and their citizens, they decided to say, hey, fuck black people. I'm shutting down the schools altogether. Yeppers. Good stuff. Yeah. So um, the biggest measures used against blacks for public segregation um so there was no chance of social equality was obviously, you know, just not allowing them into places, having separate lines, separate bathrooms, that kind of stuff. So a week before Emmett arrived in the South, a black activist named uh, 
Lamard Smith. He was shot and killed in front of the Brookhaven County Courthouse for politically organizing. So for protesting, so doing for standing there. Something he's allowed to do. Freely allowed to do. Um, though three white suspects were arrested, they were released and never charged. He was a veteran of Why World were they arrested? Because it was suspected that they did that. Not uh, not enough evidence to, okay. to charge them, so they were let, let off. He was a veteran of World War One. He was an activist for black voter registrations and was at the courthouse that day helping other black voters fill out absentee ballots so that they could vote without worry of exposing themselves to public violence. And what happened to him? They, sh- they shot, shot him, him on the stairs of the courthouse. So... As w- he's helping people fill out were voter there any registrations. words exchanged or they just showed up, saw him, and shot him? Though 30 people watched, including the local sheriff, not a single one stopped the man or men running from the courthouse who were covered in blood, and not a single witness came forward with any information to help the investigation. Besides the fact that it happened in broad daylight at 10 a.m. on an August day. Awesome. Yeah, so very clear. We don't know what happened. because We don't know what was exchanged because these people are full of shit and the worst people in the world. So on August 21st, Emmett arrives in Money, Mississippi. He meets his cousin, Curtis Jones. Um, just a day later, they go, they decide to skip church and they join some boy, or excuse me, three days later, they skip church and join some bo- local boys at Bryant's Grocery and Meat Market where they buy candy. It's just like the local hangout, local candy, candy man can. Um, the other boys were all children of sharecroppers. They had been picking cotton all day and they wanted a reward for their hard work. So Bryant's was owned by 24 year old Roy Bryant and his 21 year old wife, Carol, Carolyn. And they're ambitious, huh? That's they're young. Yeah. Uh, they're, yeah, definitely young. Um, they're a white couple. <clears throat> it's relevant. That day, Caroline was, Carolyn was the only one working at the store, though her sister-in-law was in the rear of the business watching children, their, their children. So I don't know if she had children or if the sister-in-law had all the children. But basically, just to clarify, in front of the store, Carolyn was by herself. But there was another person on site. It was just another woman in the back of the the property after chatting with the boys curtis decided to go play checkers with a friend across the street but emmett decided to stay with the boys because he was showing off it's from chicago these kids don't know him he gets to give them all these outlandish stories he likes to be the center of attention anyway um there's some dispute over what happened next but i'll give you the version that is most accepted first this comes from curtis himself even though again he was across the street at some point during the conversation that Emmett was having in front of the shop. He pulled out a picture from his school, which proved that he went to an integrated school. So classroom picture of him and a bunch of white kids. Mm -hmm. Well, him, a bunch of black kids, a bunch of white kids. So Emmett tells him, um, yeah, I'm friends with all these, these white boys. We play baseball. We're like good friends. Like Chicago's not like this at all. Like we are, we grew up together because they had, I mean, Chicago was definitely a different vibe than the South in 19, uh, you know, 50s. So he then points to one of the white girls in the picture and he says, that's his girlfriend. And one of them's like, one of the reports says he produces a second picture of this girl just by herself, like her own school picture. Um, But either way, he claimed 
again in this version that he was dating a white girl. So one of the boys said, oh, well, if you don't, if you are dating a white girl and you feel comfortable, why don't you run in and, and um, uh, speak to Mrs. Bryant and prove it? Because if you're like, okay, with, if, you know, if you're so, so good with white women, like, why don't you run in there and do it? And um, one of the boys that was there, another cousin, this guy named Simon Wright, he disputes this story. He says that they were just outside talking to Emmett's, Emmett, um, and he never showed a picture. Um, and later, Curtis recounted that story altogether. But either way, at some point, the boys were outside of the shop hanging out talking, and then they entered the shop. So that story could be completely made up. Some people think it's made up by... Um, the media later i mean did they find the the photos there were no photos so probably made up probably made up okay so emmett enters the store and this is what carolyn says happened she said he entered the store walked up to her grabbed her hand as she was stocking candy and said how about a date baby she said she freed herself and then he followed her to the register where he then again grabbed her wrist in her waist and said quote you don't you needn't be afraid of me baby I've been with white women before. Remember, this is a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. Carolyn said that um, that's when one of the other boys entered, uh, ran up to Emmett, grabbed his arm, and then marched him out the door. She said that um, he also used uh, um, obscenities, but she wouldn't repeat which ones they were. But she later recanted that he touched her waist and that he said an obscenity, but she did not recant the entire story. She said that he did grab her wrist twice and that he asked her twice. So did you make that part up? Why did you recant it? Yeah. I, she recant. I don't know why you would recant why would you some s- of it, but Why not would all you say it. something mm-hmm. that wasn't true then? Yeah. That should have been the first thing. I don't get when people... Oh, well, you know what? I take that back. Well, why did you put it out there in the first place? Mm-hmm. You absolutely fabricated it, yeah, but you said it. It's one thing when you're in conversation, you're having a discussion, you say something, and then you realize, oh, that's not what I meant, or like, you're you're right, your point's better, I'll walk it back. You can't walk back something that's a statement that yeah. this what is what happened. And then, oh, maybe it didn't happen. That's well, a lie. Th- now I don't believe anything you're <laughs> yeah, saying. exactly. Because you said one thing exactly that isn't true, that you're saying isn't true now. Yeah. So Simon challenges the story completely. He said that he entered the store less than a minute after Emmett and that there was no inappropriate behavior or any conversation at all. They got their items, paid for them, and left the store together. A second source, who remained anonymous this whole time, confirmed Simon's story. He said that he entered the store seconds after Simon and the same thing. Nothing was going on. They paid for their candy, walked out. Didn't even say a word to her. As soon as they left the store, they went outside. They were out there, you know, eating their candy, hanging out. Carolyn exits the store and she she goes straight to her car and she goes to reach under the front of her, her front seat of the car, which everyone in the South knows means she's reaching for a gun. Okay. Pistol. Um, many say that, I guess I don't want to say say because it's proven. As she's walking out of the store, I forgot to tell you what the tale of this one was. Doesn't matter. As she's walking out of the store, Emmett whistles. Caroline, Caroline said he wolf whistled at her. What's a wolf whistle? I don't know if that's like a... Oh, um, oh, I got you. Like, like yeah. Arr, yeah, yeah. That's what I figured it was. Isn't that a howl? That's what I thought, but she's an idiot. Okay. Um, so the whistling is agreed upon by everyone. 
He definitely whistled. She said that he wolf whistled at her. It was a wolf whistle. Simon said he thought that Emmett was whistling to try to get them to laugh. Like maybe like a like a low like I can't whistle. Yeah, but not like a, not really. D- yeah, doing it to her. Yeah, but like but at her expense. At her yeah, around all the friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, this is Simon's direct quote was he was always trying to get a laugh out of us. Um, he was always joking around. And it was hard to tell when he was serious. But either way, as soon as the boys looked over and saw her withdraw a pistol, they all get super nervous. And Simon says, look, he said that, quote, we couldn't have gotten out of there fast enough because um, he said that he said we never heard anything like it. And he was like, you know, again, they all think that he's whistling in her at her expense. So they're like, dude, a, a black kid whistling at a white woman like that's not. Like, this area is full of KKK and Night Riders, and, like, this is daily life for us, and it's clearly not something he's aware of. So they all get really tense, and then they look over and see her with a pistol, and they're like, fuck. Like, we got to get out of here. But the thing is, is that Emmett, again, has a stutter, and to help alleviate it, he sometimes whistled. So his mom said that sometimes when his speech was unclear, he would whistle, just a low, like, so he could get the word out his bees sometimes came out with a whistle um so if he was saying bubble gum it would just kind of autumn you know how some people when they say their s's they whistle yeah yeah so in my all-time favorite book it by stephen king bill denimbro uh georgie's brother has a stutter and he later overcomes the condition until he gets ptsd when pennywise comes back and so to overcome his stutter he he has this trick that he's taught in speech class, which is if you get stuck on a word in English, switch to French. So he learned French so that he would switch to the French word. It kicks out the stutter and then you can go back to English. The other thing that he repeats throughout the whole book is this quote, which is um, he thrust his fist against the post and still insists he sees the ghost because it's supposed to help with your stutter. So in books and literature, there are definitely things that say when you have a stutter, there are ways to get out of it, mm-hmm. and whistling is on the list. So we don't know, again, if he was actually whistling at her, or if he just happened to be whistling in speech, yeah, or if he whistled at his cousin across the road, who was playing checkers, because again, they were getting ready to leave. So it's possible he just whistled at him. You know, it, there's the whole point is there's no reason that we should be talking about why the fuck he whistled. Okay. Because he just whistled in public. But either way, he whistles, everyone gets tense, they decide to leave. She goes, uh, well, okay, so they decide to leave, then somebody runs over to Curtis and they're like, hey, did Emmett just touch Carol- Carolyn? Because like, she's like the rumors already started like her she's already told her sister they're starting to go through she's got the pistol she's like you know she's telling men in town yeah pistol pistol. you have a you want to murder someone yeah a child a child so they decided um they decided to just go uh curtis and emmett decide not to tell preacher about it again the uncle because they felt like they would get in trouble and emmett's just like hey i'll just head home i'll just go back to chicago tonight but i can't just doesn't have the mode of transportation to go back you don't you're 14 yeah you can't just like up and go yeah um in caroline so caroline's husband roy he wasn't coming back until august 22nd 27th um 
So she didn't, she didn't tell him he was on a hunting trip. She didn't tell him, um, obviously while he was gone. And when he got back, she didn't tell him right away, but everyone else in the town knew what happened. And so finally because somebody, she ran her mouth? yes. And so finally someone told Roy and then she spoke to him about it and she framed it as she didn't tell him because she was in fear that he would beat the boy up. So she said that Roy was abusive and domineering and a brutal man. And so she was afraid that he was going to do something mean. But you wanted to do something mean. Yeah, clearly. So why does it your matter intention you was your to husband? do something. Yeah. I guess because she wanted to, she wanted the show and the drama and the attention, but she didn't necessarily think. Definitely. I think wanted, the pistol again was, was show. Definitely wanted the gossipy yeah. attention. Yeah. So <clears throat> that evening, Roy aggressively questioned some of the local black boys who had come into the store, including one named J.W. Washington, who um, he, he was just, just like, you know, just walked into the store. And so he's like, uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know anything about, like, I heard the story or whatever, but I'm not like, I don't know. I wasn't with them. So Roy's like, okay, come with me. And so he takes J.W. in his pickup and he makes him go with him. Um, Hold on. To How old is this? this he's like a teen teenager. And he, he just gets in this just, guy's truck? No, no, no. He grabs this kid, throws him in the truck. He drives him over to Caroline's friends and um, Caroline's friends and family who, quote unquote, witnessed the event, which, again, nobody witnessed this. No one this. was there. And they vouched that he had been one of the boys at the store. I'd be like, oh, so you're sure it's him? Yeah. And you were there? No. Perfect. Yeah. So finally, um, they, yeah, so they, they, they're like, it's definitely him. Uh, they said that, um, he wasn't the one that accosted him or accosted her, but he, they, he was definitely there. And so he eventually learns from JW that the boy that quote unquote touched Carolyn was staying with Preacher. So, in the early morning hours, somewhere between 2 and 3 a.m., Roy and his half-brother, John William, drive to Preacher's house, armed with a charm, drive to Preacher's house, armed with a pistol and flashlight, and dem- they break in. Well, I guess they probably bust down the door, basically. What, like, why is it right up, right, why is it I'm going to fucking murder you, I mean, right out right of the now. gate? Yeah. Well, I mean, why, uh, it's the times, I'm not going to say yeah. why is it, period, because you're, you know, you're, yeah. you've been brought up in this shit. But why is that but your go-to? why is that? Like, murder. I'm also, going to fucking end your life. Also, there's a legal process. If he did something wrong, take it to the cops, show them the evidence. It's just crazy. And they will charge him. What are we in? But fucking tombstone? Yeah. Like, you can just come in. Someone, like, you go into the, the bar. Someone looks at you sideways and you just shoot him in the fucking chest. And it's like... All right, everybody. Well, I that's mean, over. Keep playing the piano. But it just goes to show if you are... What in the you know, fuck? At this time in Mississippi, he felt comfortable enough to be able to take the law into his own hands. God damn. So he goes in and he demands to know if the boy from Chicago was there. At the time, there were eight people living in a two-bedroom cabin, and Emmett was sharing a bed with another cousin. Um, the the aunts, the uh, well, preacher and um, the aunt offered the men money. They said, "Look, what, can we just pay you for the incident?" Like, yeah, but from you know, from all the damages, can we just pay you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very stupid, but I understand I why you would offer it. To do. Yeah. 
Um, but Roy refuses. He says, I want the boy, nothing less. No. And be like, so, so what are you going to do with him? I'm going to fucking murder him. Yeah. So. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. He's right over there. Yeah. We'll just right there. We'd it's love fine. to tell you, can, you, you where can he's take at. Him. Yeah. So um, he, yeah, she argues, look, he's just from Chicago. He doesn't know any better. It's different up there. He's a young kid. Like, you know, can you, can we just work it out? And that's when he starts threatening preacher's life. And he's like, I'll shoot everyone in here just to get the boy. That's it. Where have you gotten it? Yeah. That you think that's like, that's okay. Did your grandfather and your father, did you see them just shoot anyone that they don't like? Like, growing up? Maybe. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't, I don't fuck with that guy. At, like, yeah. you see that guy? Just going yeah. to kill him. We'll watch this shit. Yeah. So, uh, they they finally rip Emmett from the bed. He's marched to the car. And from inside the house, Preacher said that he heard a soft womanly, quote, yes. Run Roy asked, is this the boy? So, she was out in the car. Just during all of this. Okay. But later, it says that she was not. So, just keep that in mind so Emmett was tied up in the back of the pickup and some say that he was taking back to the grocery store or to the grocery um where that's when Carolyn and identified him there um so along the drive Emmett was pistol whipped and repeatedly knocked unconscious basically every time he seemed to wake up they would hit him again knock him back out a witness later gave statement that they saw two white men in the front of a truck with two black men in the back one seems to just be kind of asleep the same witness, this guy named 18 year, uh, this guy named Willie Reed, 18 years old, he later was walking home and heard cry- cries and sounds uh, of a beating from a nearby barn. He got a neighbor who joined him near a water well close to the barn so they could try to try to figure out what's going on. When eventually they were approached by John William, who was like, "What are you doing here? Do you hear anything?" And again, they're black men, so they got out of there quickly. Because they didn't want to be in a situation where they may be in that barn screaming as well. Other witnesses also heard the cries and screams. One man said that he, uh, this one man, his nickname was Too Tight. Um, They said that they saw Too Tight washing blood off a truck, which he explained away is deer blood from a recent hunt. Again, in the middle of the night. Okay. Um, So they, they took Emmett. Their, apparently, their initial thought was to take him and beat him I don't, and, and then return him. What their is, initial thought was not to kill him. What is the exact reason you want to do this to him? Because he touched what, his wife. Is what I want to know. But what is it yeah. about him? What is it about... Okay, his, he's black. Yeah. What about that makes you want to fucking end his life? Yeah, I mean, what it, is it's, exactly? It's clearly like, an inherent exactly. racism. Exactly. Yeah. It, what is it? Yeah. What is it exactly? You just feel like. Tell me exactly he's what not, it is. He's not. I mean, I doubt that if a white boy would have done that, that you would have re- reacted at all the same. She probably would have thought it was precious. She would have enjoyed the compliment. Yeah. That exactly. This young kid thinks that I'm. Yeah, it wouldn't little, have even been the same. Mommy. So it's it's all 100% racism. I just don't. I mean, I'm not gonna get it. Obviously, this no. is the whole issue right now. But I, I just I want to pinpoint. Yeah, it really. What is doesn't. it that is making your blood boil? 
that what bad. is yeah. it so again the original intention uh, apparently according to roy was to just beat him um teach him a lesson then take him back home and that's why you needed a pistol well he eventually shot him and then they threw him into the river um and then drove back to roy's so house and burned everything if that's the intention why did you shoot him i'll go into that later so about 20 minutes after Emmett was taken, Preacher just waited on his front porch, assuming that the men would return after scaring the boy, because he definitely didn't think they were going to take him to kill him. Oh, that is not a smart thought at all. Uh, when they didn't return within the 20 minutes, Preacher and a friend went to town, got gasoline, drove around looking for Emmett, but finally uh, um, returned home about 8 a.m. unsuccessful. Preacher said he never called the police, because why sh- Why would he? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's make this worse. Yeah. So... Um, Curtis decided to call the police because he was like, I think this, I think this warranted their help. So the, the, um, Emmett's cousin that was there that day, he called the police and then he called Emmett's mother and explained to her what was happening. Uh, immediately Roy and John William were taken into custody and questioned. They admitted to taking him, but claimed they released him outside of the store. They were arrested for kidnapping. And, um, when the word got out that he was missing, the, uh, NAACP was mobilized in a in in double ACP I think is how you're supposed to say it but I can never remember how you say it uh, and they disguised themselves as cotton pickers in order to get into the fields to search for information in his body so immediately this the word got out around the area and um, and in programs that are set up to help you know push forward the civil rights movement uh they went undercover to find out what happened in the deep south to this boy like he's missing where's his body what happened to him you say that he just you just released him but he you're the only one that has an issue with him in this town that he knows four people now he's missing and we all know that you took him you literally said you literally said we took him so why would we believe yeah. That you dropped him off. What did you take him for? Yeah. What did you do in the 20 minutes? Exactly. What, what, what were you doing exactly? Yeah. So three days later, Emmett's body was found by two boys fishing in the river. His head was badly mutilated. His face unrecognizable due to trauma and being in water for three days. He had a shot above his right ear. One of his eyes had been dislodged from its socket. And there was evidence that he had been beaten in the back, hips, and eventually weighed down with a fan blade that was fastened to his neck with bub barbed wire he was nude minus a silver ring with the initials lt and the date 525 1943 carved in it lt was his father um again lynching in mississippi in the south were in general were not unheard of but it was becoming increasingly uncommon um throughout the early 1900s and since there was more and more technology connecting people um Emmett's murder became national news because it's in it it not only shocked people in uh, progressive white people in progressive areas that lynchings were still happening but it happened to a 14 year old boy so again now now it doesn't matter even if you are maybe a bit racist or you're like I don't really care of, he's a child that if if nothing else gets you yeah. the, the fact he's a child you gets murdered you. a child yeah so Emmett's murder leads to feelings of um 
segregation, uh, you know, issues with law enforcement, racism, the Civil War comes back up, the white status quo, several journalists and editor, um, editors express shame, stating that now is the time for every, every citizen who loves the state of Mississippi to stand up and be counted before hoodlum white trash brings us to destruction. And that, quote, it's not the blacks that are causing the downfall, downfall of society, it's the whites that condone violence. So, uh, Mammy de- demanded the return of her son's body. They immediately tried to bury it in Mississippi without what? her consent. What? Yeah. Did, wouldn't, didn't even want to return the body to what her. What are you thinking? Mm-hmm. It took several local and state authorities on both states, so both Illinois and Mississippi, to get her the body back. And never once did anyone do an autopsy. Awesome. She had an open cast it casket funeral saying quote there was no there was just no way i could describe what was in that box no way and i wanted the world to see yeah fuck yeah um there are pictures online i don't want to see them it's 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 yeah um tens of thousands poured into the funeral home and mourned emmett that day and four days after the funeral basically the funeral home was shut down it wasn't just like oh here's your here's the memorial like they shut it down for days there were that many people who were coming into chicago just to yeah. view his body um uh mammy also allowed the release of photos of his corpse um she said quote public she said that she did this so the quote the public could no longer pretend to ignore what they couldn't see yeah fuck yeah after viewing these pictures a young uh well i guess he wasn't muhammad ali at the time uh cassius, cassius clay, clay and a friend took out their frustrations on a local rail yard eventually causing a train to derail saying that quote no public figure affected him more deeply than emmett damn with all of this pressure in the eyes of the nation uh <laughs> on money mississippi the tone in the town changed immediately everyone was on her side at first and then as soon as uh everyone was like what the fuck did you the do the whole world is the whole no 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 that little town no i know I yeah, know. yeah yeah well, as but soon as the whole world the was on papers flip to the other like what did you do exactly yeah. yep so um the mississippi governor at the time his name was uh hugh white he called the murder deplorable and instructed the local authorities to be vigorous in their process or in their prosecution saying that quote mississippi does not condone such conduct the local sheriff remember the guy that watched the other dude get shot at the courthouse yeah he said that the people in the town had denounced roy and john williams saying quote the white people around here feel pretty mad about the way that poor little uh boy was treated and they won't stand for it but yet you did nothing as the other guy was shot well that wasn't that didn't make um national, national news. news yeah so Soon things get more complex and um, some argue, argue that segregation is the only way to protect the safety of black people. You have to segregate because that's the only way we can make sure that white people don't hurt you. Who white people said white that people. shit? Yeah, it's it's the same of uh, when people are like, oh, uh, you know, black violence. And they're like, yeah, well, what about black on black crime? And it's like, that, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about it's people not, specifically hating me because I'm black. Yeah, it's not the issue yeah, at hand. Yeah, exactly. You're bringing up something else when we're trying to yeah. uh, stay focused on this subject. S- same thing. They're 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 taking it and being like, well, what about this? And it's like, well, your argument doesn't even work. Yeah, quit yeah. trying to derail the conversation. Exactly. So um, others said that Mississippi was just trying to maintain white supremacy through murder. So it was, you know, 
one side's like, oh, we're doing this to help help you, quote unquote. And the other's like, no, you're doing it so you can condone murder yeah. legally. Um, false reports of riots were given. Wow. Mm. And it's rumors, an old trick, huh? Oh, yeah. And rumors of racial confrontation was spread and a warning of a second civil war was threatened in the media. Roy and John William were indicted for murder and um, most praised this, this decision, but many worried that it would not lead to a conviction at all. Initially, the men were, f they had trouble finding uh, funding for their attorney's fees. And some of the attorneys in the area offered their services pro bono and the rest were paid for through collection jars on, taken up by the white community, getting about $10,000 for them. So again, this is back when everyone's on their side. They're like, oh, we need to help you fight. Yeah. And then the media gets involved. So during the tri trial, black reporters were required to sit in the segregated section, which was far away from the white press and in the back of the um, building, basically. The bailiff used derogatory terms when greeting the black members of the court um, each day. And he testified that the body that he had to retrieve from the river was white. And his theory was that Emmett was still alive and there was no way that you could prove that that was his body. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. Yeah. And honestly, like, what are the bailiff yeah. using derogatory? Like, every day. Is that necessary? Is that? Nah, it's not. Excuse me, sir. Is this fucking necessary? Yeah, you know, bailiffs don't even, they don't even talk to the court What's now. your fucking yeah. problem? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just very much an asshole. So the jury later said that they knew the men were guilty, but they didn't believe that life imprisonment or the death penalty was a fit punishment for a white man who had killed a black man. And the prosecution did not prove that Emmett had actually died, nor that his body was the one that was removed from the river. We don't care what you think. Yeah. Well, I don't think that... Well, everyone else does think. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, they are the jury. And in the end, um, they... Which, by the way, they were an all-white, all-male jury. They returned the, the one of three outcomes that no one wanted, which was acquittal. And later, in, in an interview, protected by Double Jeopardy, Roy admitted to the killing, saying that he had intended to beat Emmett and just throw him off the embatement, embatement to frighten him, but he had enraged them by calling them bastards and talking about having sex with white women during the beating, which is why they killed him, but that he never actually felt like they did anything wrong. So this is another lie, because yeah. there's no... I mean, you, you your intention was to kill him. Absolutely. So there was never an intention Absolutely. to beat him. The fallout of the acquittal was huge. Civil Rights Act of 1957 was passed, g giving the authorities um, to the U.S. De Department of Justice to intervene in local law enforcement issues if they believed that an individu individual's rights were being compromised. After the interview that Roy gave, their support eroded completely. So again... Obviously. Yeah. So many who had ha even helped fund their defense cut them off. Both black and white people boycotted their businesses, causing both to go into bankruptcy and close. Banks refused to gain uh, to grant loans to assist them with their farms. Eventually, JW was even he was able to find a farm and a loan to secure it, but then nobody would work for him. So he had to the few white people that would work for him, he had to pay higher wages for. Yeah. Um, eventually they moved to Texas, but their, their infamy followed them. And after several years of animosity there, they moved back to Mississippi. JW would be tried later in, um, uh, he would be tried later for assault and battery and bad check writing and use of a stolen credit check 
credit card. And he eventually died of spinal cancer on December 30th, 1980 at the age of 61. Roy went to, is a welder. Uh, he worked as a welder until slowly glowing, going blind. Eventually he and Carolyn divorced. He remarried in 1980, opened a store in the town he lived in. Um, though in two separate events after that, he was found guilty of food stamp fraud and eventually died from cancer as well God. at the age of 63. What a sack of shit. Yeah. Uh, again, during that interview in 1991, Roy said, quote, Emmett ruined my life. He's dead and I don't know why he can't just stay dead. Ruined His your life. life. Uh-huh. In 2008, Carolyn gave an interview stating that her story was mainly fabricated and sensationalized. Wow. She said that she gave testimony at trial that some of the things weren't true, but the judge had ruled her, ruled her confession of those items inadmissible. And though she didn't remember exactly what happened, quote, nothing that boy could ever Nothing that boy did could ever justify what happened to him. So she made up the story completely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, I believe that. Oh, definitely. So Emmett's death um, obviously affected history in present day society based on the brutality, Emmett's age, the acquittal, the later admissions of guilt by both people um, from the killer and from Car- uh, from Roy, from Carolyn, as well as, you know, the movement it helped push forward. Uh, Mamie toured the country giving speeches at events for years about her son's death. In 1955, a rally was held by Martin Luther King Jr. in Emmett's honor, and a woman by the name of Rosa Parks was present. After the rally, on her bus ride home, she refused to give up her seat on a segregated bus to a white passenger, sparking a year-long boycott of the public bus system enforcing changes to the segregation policies in the city of Montgomery, Alabama. In an interview later given, Rosa said that while refusing to move, she, quote, thought of Emmett Till and I just couldn't go back. Oh, yeah. In 1957, the situation at Little Rock Center High School took place. Obviously, most we the image I have is Forrest Gump. But, you know, (laughs) we've all seen the footage of them walking into the high school. Dropped your book. (laughs) Um, That had all of these events had a profound effect on the youth of America, primarily the black youth, but even the white youth. And that's why the 1960s started with sit-ins and demonstrations and civil rights movements and, and all of these protests for peace and equal rights. In 1963, Sunflower County, that is a name. She was a female resident and sharecropper in the Delta area. She was jailed and beaten for attempting to register to vote. 1963. What? The next year, she lit a massive voter registration drive throughout the state. And that summer, she was able to get more than 63,000 black citizens registered by forming their own political party so that they could push their own agenda. Well, again, what do you say when people, well, why did you beat her? What? Because she was trying to vote. Because dot 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 mm-hmm. fill in the blank give me your yeah, good there's reason. No reason there's no good reason what is what are you talking about mm-hmm. so fucking frustrating what is the reason mm-hmm. even if it's a bad reason give me your bad reason tell me that give me a fucking reason mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense no it doesn't so i and we we all know i'm terrible at names and so i and i i didn't I could have looked up how to say his name, and by the time we got here, I would definitely not remember how to say it. The the gentleman who, um, the unarmed uh, jogger that died, 
in the coronavirus? Uh, Ahmed Arbery. Okay. He was shot and killed by two white men in February. And after that, a bill which has tried to be passed 200 times already, finally, finally passed. And it's intended to acknowledge a history of violence against black Americans and to prevent an ongoing attack, um, you know, in the future. The act, it's titled the Emmett, the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act, and it finds the crime of lynching to be an ultimate expression of racism, which has occurred 4,742 4, times to predominantly black Americans from 1882 to 1968. The act goes on to state that 99% of the perpetrators of lynching, uh, lynching acts have escaped punishment completely, and it establishes a criminal civil violation for lynching, making the person subject to hate crime punishment. So in 2020, an act with Emmett Till's name on it finally passed after 200 attempts yeah, to get like, this what passed. What do you say every that many times that you're turning it down? That's the point. Like, what the fuck are you saying? What are you saying? 4,742 lynchings since 1882 to 1968. And again, in 2020, a man is jogging through a neighborhood and gets shot. Uh, yeah, it's it's guys, fucking. It I mean, you could say so many different. Blowing. Yeah, exactly. It's mind blowing it that is. we are dealing with something this stupid mm -hmm. in 2020. And that's why I felt like it was like it was important to cover this. People one. thought we were going to be flying around in fucking spaceships, mm -hmm. and we're not even over racism. We're not even close to it. No, not How at all. Fucking stupid are all you people? So it's bananas yeah. to me. Yeah, it doesn't even that you are this fucking stupid like that you think that's an someone's skin tone being different makes them something different than yeah. you it is fucking mind-blowing to me i mean so you think your white car is better than your black car <laughs> exactly it's literally like you could it's have the two same fucking car. corvettes yeah one's black one's white is the white one better yeah no it's the same motherfucking yeah. car yeah you know what i prefer i like i i like i prefer a dark colored car because that's just what i i like darker colors but I've had white cars, and they go the exact same. Yeah. Steering I've wheel, had, doors, yeah, engine, tires. I had tires. a silver car. It worked fine. I had a blue car. It worked. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, it is so goddamn frustrating just, that it is like something this dumb, too. Well, I don't like them. Why not? Because black. Because black. Well, what about that? Don't you? Because. Yeah. You know, because. Oh, totally. Yeah, this is making sense. Keep, keep telling me why. Mm. Oh, you know, because cuz. Yeah, cuz oh. is not an argument. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. It's like when we were talking earlier today, and we were talking about allergies, and you're like, we're physically all made up of the same thing. So it's so weird that some people have this ailment or that ailment, and like other people don't. And obviously, there's a lot more involved. But the the main point, we're all made up of the same thing. So just because it comes outwardly different, our, our presentation doesn't it doesn't it's change so, it's, anything. It, it makes you feel I feel dumber mm -hmm. for having to even talk well, about Well those it. people it feels like and and I and I've had this conversation with a friend recently and and this is where I failed is that I feel like if you have that's like arguing with a wall. You're not gonna change that person's mind. That's how they think. They're obviously idiots. I'm gonna walk away from them. But 
Yeah, yeah I, I can't, you can't because you let them get away with it and you let them get away with it. Yeah. And then you have this majority of people For who sure. are stupid and you're letting them be stupid. You need to stupid. let people know exactly. how fucking ignorant they are. And because that's where I've failed. It might trickle. I mean, if it changes them a percent. Exactly. I mean, if you can steer their big, dumb, fucking ignorant ship one degree to the side... I mean, just they, if they've just the thought of you calling them a fucking idiot mm-hmm. hits them in the middle of the night and it makes them feel anything different. Mm-hmm. I mean, that you could maybe have some sort of change. Maybe it won't change their kid. Maybe it'll tr- trickle down to them a couple more percent. And then maybe their grandkids won't have any racists in them. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. I mean, it's very it's important clear, to you let know, people know how fucking ignorant they exactly. are. Exactly. Like our parents are, you know, they were born in the 60s into the 50s 60s so they grew up watching this movement and though it may not have been something that they felt connected to because they definitely didn't it passed down to us and though we may not feel as connected if we were to have children and this for some fucking reason would still be a problem then they would obviously be the ones that stand up yeah and also the 60s 50s 60s is when uh we started to see black people in sports yeah. they started to put out all the best music Movies. and it was reaching the yeah you started to have people on screen mm-hmm. by I the mean, 70s it, it, it they just were became in i mean movies were predominantly well i mean anything good yeah all the shit you listen to all of it yeah that's the thing mainly f- made by black people because <laughs> yeah. they have the best shit they have the like, best like funk yeah soul yeah rap yeah jazz blues all the hottest shit all black people yeah it's all like of um it. Uh, fucking uh, all of it you like uh, uh what oh my god not the bangles but the other girl group the go-go's go-go's i don't know the um manic monday you like manic monday guess what written by prince uh, I mean, just that's just the thing. Well, like, I just think like that's, that's what you're saying. Our parents were born in the '60s. Yeah, they're 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 growing up seeing seeing that it's not uh, you're not everything's not whitewashed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, even like and it even moved into MTV. Yes. Uh, I remember there's an interview with David Bowie like on it's like the first it's like the second year MTV's out and David Bowie's on there asking it's like why don't you have any black artists on here. And the guy, it fumbles. It is such an uncomfortable video Mm -hmm. because David Bowie was the fucking man and just couldn't understand why you're leaving out so much good music. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was no Prince. There was no Michael Jackson. Which is, can you think of MTV without Michael Jackson? When I think of MTV, the first thing besides TRL or like Backstreet Boys or NSYNC is Michael Jackson. You think of like, yeah. yeah, You think of like Billie Jean. Yeah, Billie Jean, absolutely. Yeah. Like that, yeah, for sure. Completely. You think of like Madonna, yeah. Michael Jackson, Billy Idol, Prince. Yeah. This is what you're thinking of when you think of 80s MTV. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you didn't even, you had no black people on that bitch. That's so fucking crazy. For the crazy. first year. So crazy. Yeah, it made, no, it made no sense. And it's just like we were talking earlier. I don't know when Nickelodeon started or what their first show was. I think but the 80s. But I, I like growing up, I mean, there were multiple shows that we watched that it was completely normal to have uh, a black kid or family member or even be like Kenan and Kel, like they had their own show. Then you go to the Disney Channel and I, you had what, That's So Raven when I was in high school. It takes a long time. Uh, They need to 
um, you know, racist ass shit like Disney to be like, oh, hold on. The world is starting to do it now. (laughs) We better inch our way into this black thing. Yeah. Give that girl a black friend. Yeah. Give her a black friend. Yeah. But don't give her too many lines, but just make sure <laughs> just make her sure. presence is known. Don't make her as pretty. Don't let her be as Definitely pretty. Definitely not as pretty, yeah. but yeah. just put her in there. Mm-hmm. Let's ease into this thing. We mm-hmm. don't want to be too abrupt. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't say not as pretty. Not as uh, stereotypically pretty. That's the better way of saying that. Um, yeah, exactly. It's just like, it just shows that it it's, it, it's crazy how long it has taken and how it, 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 one, it's just crazy that this is still a fight that's being fought. It is, it is, it is absolutely insane. But it's clear that, um, you know, for those that aren't from the United States, um, that are kind of just watching what's going on in our country right now, there's an uprising for many different reasons. But the main reason, which is the biggest reason here, is that we still don't have equal rights in a country that's based on freedom. So it's something we've been fighting since we got here. I mean, like the whole, our country started with a riot, basically. Like, you know what I mean? It's, this is, this is the way our country changes. And now is the time for the change because we've had way, it's been way too long that this has been allowed to go on and it's, it's, it's hit a wall. And people want it to go away. They want it to be a thing because this has happened in the last couple of years. There'll be a, uh, some innocent black person will get shot by a cop or by someone nothing will happen people lose their shit for four or five days and then it you know the next big pop culture fad thing comes out and and it just kind of slowly fades away people already are wanting that to happen yeah god can we stop talking about this already no No. you dumb fuck no like you were saying you're on facebook and you see a bunch of middle-aged people being like okay like not every post has to be about this it does yeah every post has to be about it you fucking idiot get it that's how change happens yeah the other things where you thought change happened it didn't happen because Mm -hmm. people it faded away Mm -hmm. it faded all your bullshit came back into play t-ball games and cookouts and oh look at this and look at that and look at this dumb fucking thing i'm gonna buy next week no that can't happen again no this keeps needing to be shoved down your fucking throats Mm -hmm. every second of every day until there's real change yeah and people just they don't understand that no oh okay 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 we get it because everything just that's the way our country is now with social media it's fat 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 okay this is hot for two weeks all right on to the next thing okay all right we saw that for a week on to the next thing Mm -hmm. okay this is good on to the next thing this isn't on to the next thing. No. This isn't a fad. No. It's not a trend. No. It's something that ne- is way overdue. Yeah. It's insane that people are thinking that way. Mm-hmm. Okay, God, we get it already. Yeah. Yeah, it's you like, get it because it's not affecting you whatsoever. whatsoever. But you did just spend the last, what, two and a half months um, talking about how lives matter and how everyone matters and how it doesn't matter if our economy collapses because we need to save as many people from this virus. Yeah, but God well, damn it. I just, as long as I get my McDonald's and my dancing with the stars, yeah. I, I, can we just stop already? Mm-hmm. We know, we get it. You're comfortable. Yeah. You don't want to be bothered by this on your page. That's the problem. You have to be bothered by this because this is something that bothers you should be bothered by it yes it 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 bothers a whole plethora of people every day Do you see how comfortable you are when this isn't going on that's how comfortable everyone would like to be day yeah. to day and that's how comfortable they definitely are not at yeah. the moment yeah 
And that's that's in so and, fucking get on board. Quit it, being a dipshit. Yeah, and if you don't see that that's a privilege of being white, then you're the problem. For sure. Yeah, you're part of it. Yeah, I mean, again, I I I never even thought about the statement of I don't care if you cat call at me as long as you don't interact with me as being a privilege, and that's an absolute privilege, because again, I think a cop will take care of me, but until. A, a black woman feels the exact same way i now have an issue with it because i now understand that that is something that's a privilege and that you know everyone should have that comfort and that choice when you grow up and you learn of things and you either educate yourself or you s- just keep yourself ignorant to it and and, and don't and i've and don't want to learn about it. I just, I, I'm fine over here in my little corner. Just leave me alone. I got everything I need. I also don't feel like some me. people are afraid that if they are verbal or they come out with like, you know what? I, I, I did think the wrong way or I did think this or I never had really taken that into account. I think people feel like that makes them um, on the wrong side of things and doesn't wh- it shows wh- that you're growing it shows you're growing and you're learning and educating like just because you're a certain age doesn't mean you're ever o- too old to learn yeah. no one's gonna be mad at you for changing for the better no exactly Absolutely. and that's no the thing one. is like you take on you know if you feel strongly enough about something you've said in the past then reach out to the person you said that to and say like hey i i ruminated on this and i realized i was completely in the wrong and though my intentions weren't meant to be taken in a racist way i i feel like i didn't think about my privilege in this and it, and i don't think there's anything wrong with and that. that's the good about all this shit yeah. being in your face but it i think a lot rethink. of people are afraid to look like well, they're wrong oh well and that's the thing it's it's completely acceptable that's changed that's changed that's how we're all gonna move forward and then we're all gonna feel safe in our own no one told you it had to be comfortable no we need change not for everyone to be fucking comfy yeah exactly and this is the thing no one's comfy everyone's complaining we've all been complaining for what four years now but the thing is is that this struggle has been going on forever and it's way it's rooted in everything in everyday life for black people and and people of color the stars have kind of aligned to where most people are out of work yeah they have nothing to do but be online and pay attention to this shit Mm -hmm. and then this happens we get this bomb dropped on us with this video yeah and so people have nothing but time they have the whole Mm -hmm. day they don't have to worry about i mean i'm sure they're so stressed about money and shit but in when they get up they're not stressed about oh i got this thing due at work today oh uh, i gotta work with this fucking dickhead today no 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 all their time and energy is into this mm-hmm. and it should be mm-hmm. and uh i th- i think i think i don't know i mean i hope i hope something comes out of this like it it's it's different times with social media the way it is the way that everyone's glued to their phone i mean information and shit gets you you can't pull shit over people's eyes anymore no. i just posted a video today of cops unloading bricks yeah, out of that. a truck it's crazy <laughs> it's like you can't Mm-mm. you can't bamboozle people anymore Fucking everyone has yeah. a video camera yeah. in their pocket. Yep. Good luck trying mm-hmm. to be a shyster. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work for you th- this time. No. It's just not. Not only does everyone already know you're doing it because it's happened over the last hundred years. You know, th- these like little tricks be like, oh, let's go in here and burn this thing. We'll blame it on them. We'll mm-hmm. do that. It's like, no, no, no. We all- A, we already know your tricks. Mm-hmm. B, we have evidence. Mm-hmm. 
from fucking everywhere. Yeah. So I just think it's different times, and I I I, th- I hope that uh, th- this from this point on that real change will begin to happen. Whew, all right. I, I, I'm getting a little sweaty oh, here. Yeah. I, I think I, we're just going to start beating a dead horse. Well, yeah, I think we can wrap up. But yeah, you're. I agree. I think that, um, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I, I just don't know how, I don't think that the country, that the people in the country will allow this to just go away. Fuck no. Yeah. Because I think there's way too many people, again, we're just going to be dating yeah. a, a horse. There's way too many people that are on the side of the, For sure. the the correct side. People, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, we just I just wanted to do this story because I felt like it was really important. It's relevant. It's relevant. And, and this is the kind of stuff that people are posting about. They're yeah. posting about other instances where mm-hmm. this kind of shit has happened. This whole episode is relevant. That's why I don't feel bad about doing it. It's not like we're getting paid for doing this. No, and again, um, I felt like it was my way of um, encouraging other uh, white people or white women to, um, you know, be, be a stronger, um, help. I don't know how the best way of saying, but being there or, or, or thinking about your, your thought process and your opinions and how it can be inclusive of everyone. Cause again, I know that I have thoughts personally about me that I'm just like, this is a decision I made, but then it's again, you know, that equal decision i believe this you know i stand with women but if not every woman feels comfortable then there's an issue and we need to help and these are the things where you know we just need to start moving forward and and i just felt like it was um it was more important to talk about it and yeah and, and, and shout out to the other podcasts that they don't want to put up uh a, episode. Uh, an episode out I, i'm i totally back that yeah I, there's exactly. zero issue with that i'm not saying that we're doing anything better or, or no no no, no. And nothing this just, helped this me is, process what's going on yeah I, and and what um, i can do to help this is just the way we wanted to yeah put our view out there and, and try to help mm-hmm. out and just voice our opinion yeah so uh, um so yeah uh right on to everybody yeah pushing uh pushing the good agenda forward um stay safe while doing it definitely stay safe out there if you're in one of these bigger cities if you're gonna go out try to don't go out by yourself definitely i'm not telling not. you don't, i'm not telling you anything you don't already know but yeah. I, you know i'm just 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 i mean you know again it's it's we've had months of some issues here and some people may not be a hundred percent in the right um thinking process yeah. and so i think that it so is important to, re- to say like don't go out by yourself if you're going to go protest in a dangerous spot try to have like a couple friends with you mm-hmm. or just meet up with some, i mean everybody there's or there at least for the tell same someone thing. you're there just be like hey i'm here by myself you guys mind if i walk with you yeah uh yeah don't get caught up alone and definitely definitely um you know make sure i mean again definitely let someone know you're going because if if you don't if you're not able to be contacted then their first thought is was was their arrest made you know they it's not just like your friend goes missing it's it's a little easier um to kind of help you out so holy shit all right yeah um well again stay safe do what you can to you know talk about this bring it up again it's it's hard to have these conversations with people that you feel like will not it will not sink into but i think it's more important than walking away uh, yeah, yeah agreed absolutely all right let's wrap this up okay um 
thanks thanks for listening if you listen to this if you're listening to this weeks from now because you're not into listening to podcasts totally get that yeah so uh, i hope everyone's doing all right and yeah we'll just see you with the next one yeah we love you all love you peace out